0: Welcome to the Love, Sex and Freedom podcast. This is where you're going to discover how to bring awakening into the body and into everyday life through powerful tantric teachings. Get ready to release, open and step into your true power.
1: So hello everyone. We're uh going to speak into relationship dynamics and the parts within us that love to push away and then pull closer and love to avoid and love to find their addiction inside of I want more love but then I'm afraid of love and I want more love but then I'm afraid of love and if if this speaks to you as a part of maybe your masculine or feminine or any part of you that can relate to this then that's what we're going to talk about the next 15 minutes or so. How does this feel for you? What, is, what does this come up when you talk about these levels of relationship dynamics?
0: Yeah, well, it's uh, interesting when I consider how it's affected my own life and then also the clients that I work with and most my relationships besides the one I'm in now and most of the relationships between couples who I see, they're based on this kind of codependent dynamic where... One person is more withdrawn and moving away from love and going into hiding, whoever's holding the masculine pole. And one person is really grasping for love and wanting more love. And, you know, we all have both of these inside of us, but one usually shows up externally more predominantly. So, you know, someone who grasps, uh, grasps for love is commonly referred to in attachment style style, psychology as anxiously attached or a love addict and then the person who pulls away from love is commonly referred to as avoidant attachment so the love avoider and yeah they're a great couple (laughs) they're a great codependent couple and you know essentially beyond the labeling what's happening is that wounded part of us that is afraid of intimacy, the love avoidant part of us is attracted to a love addict because we're needing that extreme energy to, to actually take us closer into love. And for a love addict, they're attracting a love avoider because that extreme energy is making them be independent and face their aloneness. But there are less harsh ways of learning this. If we know about these styles and we become familiar with something called secure attachment. And secure attachment is a relationship where, yeah, relating is much easier and it doesn't mean that shit doesn't come up, but it means that both people are able to come back to love and both people want to come back to love. And rather than being right, being the primary focus of the communication, actually sharing how we feel and what we need is the primary focus of communication. So, you know, it's like the, both the love avoider and the love addict have huge issues with saying how they feel and what they need for a few reasons. The first most predominant reason for someone anxiously attached is that whatever, if their partner is withdrawing or if they're not feeling like a priority, they take it very personally personally. And they think something's wrong with me and oh, what's going on and what do I have to do? And that person doesn't love me anymore. Ah! <laughs> and there's there's all this anxiety that arises, but then they have shame around what they're feeling and they don't want to appear needy. And there's this all this inner conflict that's happening inside of them, which then manifests as outer conflict because then they project all of that onto their partner, either explosively when they just can't hold all that anxiety in anymore or through Hours and hours, what seems like hours and hours, probably like a, a monologue of everything that the, the partner has done wrong. Mm.
1: Yeah, and and I find the the dynamic I see that happens all the time is that person that is the loves love and wants more of the love, and it is is so much the other person is just pulling away more and more, and there's this feeling inside of what's wrong with them and they're just labeling it as needy and labeling it as, ah, I, I can't be that way. And it's like two poles of a magnet. It's like if you put two two positive poles together, there's, the, they repel each other. But as the positive and the negative are there, then they actually draw each other in. So in that sense, it's it's two poles that are actually pulling farther away because they don't have any relatability to what the other person is feeling, but really, When you can own both part of us that is both the love avoider and the love addict, then you can have a greater level of compassion and understanding when someone's pulling towards you because they're wanting something that they're not honoring here. And I think that's where I see in relationships so often. It's like when the mindset can actually shift to recognizing how is the person that I'm being repelled by, how can I own some of that within me so I can be less repelled and and actually create more synergy there.
0: Yeah, I mean, put really simplistically, it's about getting out of the mind and the needing to be right and needing to make the other person wrong and really taking self-responsibility, being able to feel into our bodies without all the you, 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 you and spewing that people do in relationships and passive shaming and overt shaming and just really take it back to themselves. And it's it's hard to do. And, you know, securely attached adults have grown up, have been in an environment when they were younger where they had a safe foundation, where, where they felt very loved by their parents and they also had a level of freedom to be independent and to be their own person. So... You know, not many of us have felt safe and free at the same time growing up. So the way that these patterns manifest is that we're trying to find that safety, trying to find that love, trying to find that freedom through relationship. So a love avoider is very afraid and very sensitive to any kind of restriction on their freedom. And they really find it hard not to project their emotional body onto their partner. Same with same with the love addict. But the flavor with the love avoider is a little bit different. It's more like I'm feeling restricted, I'm feeling not free, and it's your fault Mm -hmm. that I'm not feeling that way. Whereas the love addict is like I'm not feeling loved, I'm not feeling safe, and it's your fault. And essentially both are wanting to create separation. And, you know, I've written a couple of blogs on these styles Um, So you can go to the Alia website and find out more. I guess what I really want to talk about and address now is what does it look like when we're more securely attached? And the main thing that it looks like is that we no longer have shame around our emotional body because this is the big piece. Hmm. It's like, what if you just fucking stopped with being right, stopped bringing up the past and giving your partner a case study of all the ways they're fucked up and castrating them. But I'm always right. (laughs) And you just really (coughs) tuned in to your body and took responsibility for what you were feeling and then unashamedly asked for what you need because we find all these covert ways of asking for what we need. And I feel like part, you know, the stepping stone in healing and becoming securely attached is realizing that it's okay to have needs and to ask for them. And this doesn't mean expecting your partner to meet your every need by any stretch of the imagination, actually the opposite. It's like when we can actually sit with our emotional body and feel, we realize that often we can meet our own needs. But then when there are those times when we're checking in with ourselves and really getting real with what's there... Then we can come to a place of not judging our partner, accepting them, not wanting to take them through the mill of everything they've done wrong, but just saying, hey, I'm feeling really sad. Um, You know, I'm needing you to speak more gently to me and not so aggressively, and that would provide me with safety. And then we're coming from responsibility, and then the other person can just say yes or no to that. So it, it, it sounds easy, but it's actually really hard for a lot of people because a lot of people have had neglect. And when we've suffered from neglect, especially in our childhood, but also later on in life, our nervous systems are so used to not actually want to project onto our partner that they're not listening to us. They're not attuned to <laughs> us and they're not feeling us, but it's not your fucking partner's job right? That's your parents' job. That was your parents' job. It's your job to feel you. It's your job to listen to you. So healing this push-pull dynamic, and if you can hear this, it will change your life. Healing this push-pull dynamic is about sitting with yourself and not communicating until you are able to, first of all, acknowledge how you feel, And say it without anyone being a perpetrator or a victim, just to yourself, I feel sad. Maybe giving that some breath and movement, releasing some of that tension in your body, validating it instead of searching for their validation. It's like, it's fair enough. so fair enough that you feel that way. Not analyzing it and going, why am I feeling that way? I shouldn't be feeling that way. He's going to think I'm needy. She's going to think this. (laughs) Right? And then then going, okay, and what's the solution here? And maybe the solution is something that you can meet for yourself or maybe it's that you need to speak to your partner. And, you know, what I've realized in my maturity is that you need to accept your partner for who they are and you can accept them for who they are whilst still having needs and asking for them. So I, whenever I've tried to fully accept my partner, I've become a walk a pushover (laughs) and just like accepted everything about them and not had my needs met. What I've realized is that that's not acceptance. Well, it's like trying to accept someone, but not accepting yourself at the same time. You need to accept you and everything you're feeling in order to fully accept them or resentment builds. So if you're coming from this place, of I totally accept you and this, I feel this and I need this, and it's not your fault that I need it. I just need it. It would provide me with safety. It would provide me with freedom. Can you give that to me? And then the answer will be yes or no. And then you can either go forth in deeper love or you can go, actually, I'm not a fit for this relationship. Mm. And instead of all this, sorry, one more thing. Yeah, no worries. In, I'm a bit passionate about this right. topic. And then instead <laughs> of all, all of it coming out in an emotional shitstorm, mm. you're actually breathing, pausing, feeling, you're not projecting your parents onto your partner or expecting them to tune into you and feel you and to know what, to know what you need. You're taking responsibility, you're feeling into what you need and then you're communicating it. And really this is a mature feminine piece, but you need your mature masculine to be disciplined enough and out of the mind enough or out of the judgmental analytical mind that wants to make someone wrong just to hold space, witness without judgment and create safety for that feminine to express and say, baby, you know, I feel angry. I need you to be more chivalrous and create more romance in our relationship and that will make me feel like I'm important. So, you know, there's all these ways of communicating that are so much more authentic but are
1: so difficult because we've learned to have a lot of shame around our feelings and our needs. And um, it's so like with all this context, the, the greatest challenge inside of our these human flesh suits is that often the masculine polarity tends to feel more of the love of order because mm-hmm. he values more freedom, he in both the male body and female body, and the love addict tends to be more the, the feminine in both male body and female body. So even within ourself, it's like we have these different contracting parts. So these exercises of actually just sitting with, well, what is it I need? Because I know even for myself, like when I get into that place of just wanting to push you away and just say, fuck you, I'm I'm going back to my freedom, this is too much, (laughs) I'm I'm done. It's it's underneath all of that. There's a part of my own emotion, emotionality. There's part of my own needs that aren't being met for myself in terms of actually expressing what's coming through. And the the easy thing to do is to push it onto the partner and say, well, it's all your fault and you've done this wrong. And really what we're talking about here is to shift that pattern to actually create more grace, ease and love in the relating. Uh And that happens by first taking responsibility for here and especially men who are listening to this. This is a challenge Mm -hmm. because even though we associate quite well with the love avoider that just values freedom, the feminine within us has a deep love addict. She inside is yearning for love and, and we she doesn't often know how to communicate it. And therefore, by not knowing how to communicate it, when she gets all flustered again in the male body, there's this big sense of like not knowing what to do and where to go, so we just numb. And we numb and we actually don't feel the depth of the love that we actually are yearning for and longing for. So as much as that, that masculine pole of the love avoider that wants to walk away, there's that yearning part inside that's just like, please, please love me, I want you to love me. And I know in my own part, like my own being, until I could actually honor and own that part and not just negate it and not just push it aside and say, no, no, that's not me, it was owning it and like sitting with the fact of, well, I actually do like yearn for and long for love. I mean, I, I, numerous partners in the past, I remember like I could never actually admit that. And I would just put all of the blame and the shame upon them. And you've done this wrong. And you, and just to make myself feel better, sitting on my pedestal saying, yep, yeah, you know what? It's all their fault. And I can't admit that I'm actually a love addict as well. It's like <laughs> to admit that, it's like, I'm a love addict. Yes. But it's not a bad thing. The same way I'm a love avoider. I want to be afraid of it. It's like the real essence of love comes when both of those polarities can be owned and accepted and, and finding a sense of gratitude for what they do bring because that's the core of our being. I know for pretty much I'd say all of you listening, there's a part of us that's yearning for love. It's yearning to experience a depth of love with another and, and to first feel that inside yourself is really the most prominent thing of this work. So mm-hmm. to push away from the to, – to move away from this push and pull and this av- avoiding and addicting parts has to first sit in all of the discontinuity, all of the uncomfortability inside of the self and actually just say like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm okay with this. Like – fair enough like this is this is part of this is part of life this is part of the journey cuz the moment you suppress something it's going to be expressed in one way or another and then it shows up in really shadowy areas inside of relating and it's just it's like i want nothing more than to to feel you and hold you each night and to not feel like i want to just throw you across the fucking bedroom which sometimes when I'm in that space, it's like, fuck, you're you compromising my freedom, you're pushing things away, and I just want to shrug. But inside, there's actually a, a part yearning just to be held and to cry and to release. And it's about first actually owning that emotion so that you can experience the love without, with, with the other, without all of the complications in the way.
0: And, you know, in that, it's like a, a woman and a man, we want to actually feel the feminine. It's like, we can feel it anyway. So when someone's like going like this in bed or sitting up like that, the other person can feel it. And (laughs) telepathically, you're picking up on that person's emotions, but there's all this pride to cover it up. So when you actually speak it, there's so much healing there. So like with Aaron, what I've been experimenting with is just letting my little girl talk. So, and, and every time she does that, I kind of can move on from whatever I was feeling but just giving words a chance to be expressed like if my jealousy is coming up um you know instead of like festering in it or not wanting to appear jealous because I'm a spiritual teacher just just saying I'm really scared that you're going to meet someone younger than me who can have babies with you and you're going to run off with her or um you know if I'm feeling sad that If he's traveling and I say, I don't want you to travel, I don't want you to go away, and, you know, we kind of know that it's my little girl talking. Or when I do the I feel I need statements, you would be surprised at how much just speaking a feeling Mm. actually heals because what the feminine really needs is just to be seen and heard and felt. Now, on that, I want to say something really important. So when women talk to other women, it builds oxytocin and it's healing for everyone, right? Right. So if you need to make more than I feel I need, that will provide me with statements and you want to go on a big rant about feelings and your processes and do it with women. That's what sister circles are for. (laughs) And for men, it's like, you know, when your woman goes on a rampage, Jesus. (laughs) And it's like, (laughs) and I love it when men say, you've been doing this for however many hours and it's like, did you hear how long you were banging on for? And it's like this, this energetic where, Really, what Aaron was talking about is so important. It starts here. So you can't end love avoidance and love addict here. You need to end it here. You need to actually no longer avoid your own emotional body. You need, if you're a woman, have sisters that you're spending time with. If you're a man, have men you're spending time with. Find spaces in your togetherness so that polarity can grow. If you're a love addict, learn how to spend time on your own learn how to find support and entertainment outside of your relationship have a hobby get on purpose like don't make your man the center of your existence it's like most love addicts the man is the sun or the masculine is the sun and the feminine is the earth just moving around and so the minute the sun stops shining slightly she's like i don't have any light on me and and it's shocking and I've been with, I've had female relationships where I've held that masculine pole and then felt the pressure to be the sun and it's fucking exhausting. Mm. And then with the love avoider, you know, the key is that they move towards love when they want to move away from it, that they learn to make healthy requests instead of becoming overly critical, that they get that the grass isn't greener on the other side and that the perfect relationship doesn't exist. So, you know, there's all of these things. And, again, I've got a blog around how to heal the love avoidance and love addict and practical ways to do that. Cause I always like to give people practical tips and, you know, really to come out of these push pull dynamics, it requires a whole recalibration of your nervous system. We're so accustomed to seeing suffering in relationship and that being our primary model of imitation. We're so accustomed to neglect. We're so accustomed to not being held in love and presence and then projecting that and all of this stuff that we we need a reset. So, you know, this is all great knowledge. And on top of that, it's, you know, the art of loving men is coming up for women. We're gonna do powerful embodiment practices to help you keep your heart open and loving, and at the same time free, so that the person that you're with can feel safe that they're with an independent being, but also someone who's open to being supported. And we also have the Living Tantra Retreat, which will have beautiful temple ceremonies and practices. So, you know, these lives are great. One of the reasons I was resistant to them for a long time and webinars and all that sort of stuff is I'm a strong believer that change happens through the body, not through the mind. But certainly these concepts can really, really help you. But remember, it comes down to you. It comes down to your own entrainment. You will not Stop and pause and breathe and take responsibility for your emotional body. Once a stress response is activated, unless your body has had entrainment with that. So you need a daily practice. You need entrainment. It's like everything I've said in this live and that Aaron said will fly out the fucking window (laughs) as soon as you're triggered because it's not you, it's your child. Mm. And, you are going to want your partner to become a parent and that's not fair. Mm-hmm. So if you really want to come out of codependency, come to a workshop with us, come to a retreat with us, or if you can't afford it, then I, I put practices in on the Ally page again because I'm so passionate about the practices, read them. I've got an online course, Ignite Your Power, and just have a time every day where you stop, you pause, and you actually check in with yourself. And you check in with your inner child and you feel like, what is going on in here? How am I feeling? Not the story, just how am I feeling? What do I need and what will that give me? Get real with who you are.
1: Yeah. And, and I just again, want to speak into the male bodies, because a lot of times with this work, the moment emotions come into the conversation, it's like men are out the door. I don't have that. I don't want to deal with it. I want nothing to do with it. But really the the depth of your ability to... To be productive in the workspace, to be productive, you know, with your relationship requires emotional maturity, It requires emotional awareness in your body. So that's why this work is so valuable and important. And I remember even when I first was getting into it, I was terrified because I just understood things in my consciousness. But having embodied practices, daily practices, to move this energy and to actually break a lot of the patterns that you've been playing out, that's where massive change really begins to happen. So if there's a willingness, if there's a little curiosity, send us a message. Again, Art of Loving Man at the end of the month. That's for women. And then we have a living tantra retreat coming up in May in Bali. So
0: And go to the blogs on the Alaya page if you know you can't come to any of those. They've got practices and and lots
1: of lots of good
0: information.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> <clears throat> so we'll see you soon again any questions reach out thank you so much and uh good luck on
0: your journey to coming into secure attachment where Mm. you can feel that flow of independence and also just really feeling the joys and pleasures of a supportive nurturing Mm. loving passionate relationship
1: (laughs) take it easy on yourself (laughs) love you all
0: Thanks for listening to the Love, Sex and Freedom podcast. For more great free resources, in-person and online workshops and our retreats, find us on Instagram and Facebook at Elia Tantra School or visit eliah.com.au. See you next time.